Hello and welcome to the Modern Ear Podcast where we take a look at classic and favorite albums. I'm Trevor. I'm Barrick. And today, as always, we try to be good podcast hosts as we are the transporter of the wives of not so Gregorian music. Oh God. <laughs> that was the I worst was, of all. I was wondering what you were going to do today. I was like, how is he going to do it? How is he going to do it? <laughs> because we will talk about Gregory Porter's 2012 runner-up album, Be Good. The album was released in February 2012. It contains 12 songs and it is kind of exactly one hour long. Yeah, basically. One hour and two minutes, to be correct. And... Trevor, you picked that album. Why did you pick that album? I thought we hadn't done anything in this direction yet. Jazz kind of stuff. Jazz soul. Soul we did, but with Marvin, but jazz not so much. And I have worked with Gregory before at the Uber Jazz Festival in Hamburg and thought it would be fun to talk about. I guess it was a good show because... Well, I mixed it, so of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is the first reason. But uh seems to like, like he's famous for his live shows. Kind Amazing of. live show. And like the albums don't do justice to his voice. I've never wow. had it before then or since then where soundcheck starts, singer starts singing, and basically everything shuts down. Everyone came out of every corner of the hall and were like, who is that singing? It was goose. Everyone was like, I have goosebumps. And it was like the first few notes. Wow, that sounds like like these so rare, perfect, amazing music sessions. If you know him or don't know him, wow. Hmm. Really good EQ on the voice that I did. Um, <laughs> no, it, I didn't have to do anything to his voice. It was just, it was just perfect. So is it? So it is his voice, but it's also how he owns like the room. Or is it just like really the the main thing? Is is his voice? I'm just the voice. It's you hear the voice, and he, he's just he's a nice guy. He seems a bit quiet, like reserved, very chilled out like like you would imagine like a cool like jazz club kind of guy would be mm -hmm. actually one of my favorite moments from that day was i walked up to him after a sound check i said hey mr porter uh trevor and i'm doing front of house for you guys today it was so rushed we had no time to actually talk ahead of the sound check and i said after a sound check i'm i'll be doing mixing your show today is there anything that you that i should know ahead of time i do this for all bands i said is there anything i should know ahead of time like is there a special thing i need to do for effects for any of the songs usually bands will be like yeah on this song can you do like this kind of reverb blah 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 gregory porter looks at me and goes hey man just go with the flow man <laughs> and that was it i was like ah you are so jazz <laughs> yeah so cool just I do just, your job just go with it Have go with the flow and it was like an amazing 
so much fun mixing. You can tell the band has been working together for a long time. Is it the li same life band that he uses on the albums? Yeah. Okay. It's the same life band that he's had since his club days in New York. Hmm. So they've been together for a while, or at least some of the band. It seems. Now I'm very intrigued because I think on the album, so his voice, of course, sounds very, very good. But life. Yeah. Time that this COVID thing goes away and concerts coming back. So you can come watch him next summer in Hamburg at Stadt Park. That's already scheduled? Already on the schedule. Ooh. So should we go into the first listening? Yes. Do you want to go first this time or should I go first? Now it's your turn, because last time I started, as I, I picked the album. Frank. But I have the first question. During all that time now, in the last weeks, when you listen to the album, have you ever listened to it during the day? Yeah. Okay. I've heard this album so many times, though. I. Okay. My first listen was in 2012. Okay. Like my very yeah, first then... listen. But when I sat down and actually listened in depth, it was during the daytime. Because for me, it's such a night album again. Yeah, it's a jazz club uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. No surprise. Who goes to a jazz club at, during the day? They're not even open during the day. Maybe if you're a sound technician. And you, you have, have sound checks. Yeah. But it's a jazz club. They don't actually have sound checks in jazz club. Yeah. <laughs> There, I think you just show up and play. <laughs> okay. And there's like microphones set up randomly across the stage and you just go to one and play. So, Painted on Canvas is track number one. One thing that I wrote for that was that I really liked the groovy bass line going through it. Um, I found that the whole band kind of just leaves a bit of a pocket just perfectly for his voice the whole time. Throughout the whole album, like every song, the backing band is there. They do their thing. They're noticeable, but they always leave like a spot for him. Which I... It's what a backing band should do, but they do it just really, really well. Perfect supporting cast. Exactly. And this I thought, um, I wasn't sure at first if he actually wrote all the lyrics and wrote the music by himself, like on his own, which he does. Um, and I thought that he actually, it's kind of funny because it's called Painted on Canvas, but it kind of made me think of the Frank Ocean thing where he said he tries to paint a picture with the words. And I was like, this is kind of what Porter's doing as well like most lyricists, but he's then making a song about painting and painting pictures. Yeah, in this case, yeah. extremely vividly. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's... exactly. Um, then we go on to, and I wrote down powerful voice, but it's Gregory Porter. I know he has a powerful voice. Very powerful. Lovely baritone. Um, 
Then we have Be Good, Lion's Song. That is the first first single off the album. I think so. And it's the title track, Be Good. Um, again, bassline. I think I wrote this on every single one. Bassline is fantastic. The bass player is just so good. It keeps it keeps it, I've never liked bass. I've never noticed bass until we started doing this podcast. And now I'm like, wow, that's really good bass. Wow, that's two, really good bass. Two patterns that you have. You like bass and now you like pop music. And and the Since new the Dua Lipa album. I'm going, I'm listening to it and I'm like, wow, sick bass line. <laughs> was, what is happening to me? <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm gonna like schlager music. No. Then no. <laughs> the podcast would be over. Then I, I come to Hamburg and I bring you into the emergency room of, of the next hospital on my own. Um, on Be Good, I really liked the trumpet or trumpet and saxophone, I think it was. I think both. Like a little right? section where they, yeah, both. They have a cool section where they play together and... I wrote down that the piano really accents the voice nicely. And there's a part in it where it says where he sings dancing around my cage. And it the piano in that part is actually actually feels like the piano is kind of dancing. So I thought that was kind of neat. Again, it's a band that's been together for a while and they understand each other perfectly. And again, great story storytelling on my way to harlem when i first heard this song i remember in 2012 i didn't really like it you know now i kind of really dig it it's a nice up-tempo thing like it's a change from the first two painted on canvas and be good at kind of a slower tempo kind of soulful on my way to harlem feels like like a good jazz song where it's upbeat and kind of ba, 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 ba. and it made me think a lot of um of Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder with all the throats to previous musicians. I mean Sir Duke is about Duke Ellington. And then this he talks about Ellington, he talks about Marvin Gaye, and it's kind of cool how and that's what Stevie Wonder does. He gives little shout outs in Sir Duke. So it made me think of kind of a modern jazzier take on Sir Duke. It's a good one. Also was wondering if he was actually born in Harlem. Cause I did, I was I wasn't sure where he was born before I, I like I've known about Gregory Porter since 2012, but never really researched him and was like maybe he's from Harlem because it sounds like it in this song. He's not um the trumpet in the solo in the in this one really seems like it kind of floats around it was kind of neat i liked it um and that i hadn't really noticed before i usually have i if i listen to this album it's usually on its kind of background kind of just chilling out it's good to have it's not too intrusive but it's still catches the ear enough to so that you notice it after that is real good hands track number four um 
wrote down, I keep thinking of a heavy Motown and Stevie Wonder influence in the music basically the whole way through. Again, straight, great storytelling. And I liked the panning of the saxophone and trumpet in this one. And this one always hits me a bit because it was one of the first, right after I heard it is when we had our wedding. It always made me think of my wife's dad. Hmm. Because of the whole, like, what he's singing about in the song. Yeah. You also asked for the hand of your of your yeah, yeah, yeah. wife. I I asked. Oh. Okay. Then it's very special. That's what you have to do. It's old fashioned, but Yeah. Especially I, if you get if you get along with the parents. It was the first thing that came to my mind when I listened to that song. If you asked that question to your dad. I asked I asked her dad. I didn't ask her. I don't think I, I don't remember if I asked her mom. I don't think so. I remember I asked her dad for sure. I also uh, think it's old-fashioned, but I also like I like the idea a lot. I think it's it shows fun. a bit of respect. Absolutely. And I also think when I, I can go to my first listening. So, but especially the song, it's it's, it's more about uh, the praise for, for her parents than, than her. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a very nice way. I, I'm something something very nice very well written the uh the next song up is track number five the way you want to live that's when i really started wondering how long has this band been together because you can just feel it through the album already by track five that they're very in sync like it almost feels like you know how recording nowadays is you don't have the old way of doing it where what they did for the Motown records where you would have everyone in one room, they'd play and that would be it. Now everyone goes in a booth, records their part. And then next guy comes in, records their part on top of that. And it's all in pro tools. So if you screw up, you can go back and just copy and paste a part that you like from a different take. This feels more kind of old school where it's the guys kind of, Play together one take and you're done if you screw up you do another whole take that's what i that's the vibe i get from mm-hmm. this and they and don't s- screw up a lot and they don't screw up I, I, like i've the seen the whole band live they've yeah. they just play perfectly that gives me that the picture i just saw you know i know i'm a lot of to a lot of sports and one also is, is golf and there was an interview with tiger woods and he said talking about competition he said well with all the other guys here all the pros everybody knows that we're good when we have a good day but the question is how good are you when you have a bad day that's a good one and that i think is a really good one and i think this fits quite good how i imagine this band even on their worst night they just can improvise man they just music a bit with everything so they're just still so good and maybe you know they, they can handle everything that happens so in a resilient way yeah but it seems like they're so much into each other that uh, they can handle everything it does seem that way um 
this for the way you, you the way you want to live i just wrote i really like the piano on this and great lyrics and melody which goes for most of the album as well when did you learn is track number six i've always really uh, enjoyed the opening of that song hmm. i like the drums on that track as well number seven is imitation of life that one i wrote it feels like an old soul song like an old standard and i had to go back and see if it was really just piano and vocals i it didn't really hit me at first that it was just piano and vocals through that song hmm did not hit me till you say yeah um and i wrote down that it's just a beautiful sounding song you can almost feel the love actually coming through through it mother's song is track number eight it's another song where you can feel like all the emotion that he has in it which makes sense for porter which we'll go into later when it's a song about a mother he mm -hmm. had a really really his mother had a huge influence on him. And it makes me miss my mom every single time I hear it. And I wrote that it also has a bit of a gospel feel to the to the vocals. Which yes. also makes sense in the end. His, his mom, I'll say it now, his mom was a preacher when he was younger. And he would go and sing in the church choir. So then a song about his mom, I think, would probably be a bit strange if it didn't have a bit of a gospel feel to it. Absolutely. Like it, it kind of, I think, would go hand in hand that if he's writing a, a song about a mother, that the influence from his mother would come through it. Yes, and uh, that seems like his spiritual sweet spot, as he mentioned in, in, the, in the song about Harlem that he was basically raised by his mother and by jazz music so that's by the jazz man's horn and yeah so that is a nice combination um track nine is our love there i just wrote down that i really like the drum and bass in that song and it's just a really nice song nothing that really stands out about it for me but i just like it Track 10 is the one song that I really don't like on the whole album. Bling Bling. Oh, yeah. That's the one that's <laughs> like, it's very, very much jazz. It For me, it almost feels like you listen to the whole album. And everything's kind of like smooth jazz. Soul kind of thing. And then bling bling comes. It just kind of sticks out like a sore thumb for me. Like it, it does. It feels like it doesn't fit with the rest of the album. It has definitely a different. different it has a sound, completely different tone than every other track. Yeah, different tone is the the right way to put it. Um, it's, 
wrote that it feels very, very much like if you if you're going to think of jazz and you don't really listen to much jazz, this would probably be what I would think of, that it's just this kind of noisy mess almost of improvisation and scatting and yeah it it's not for me and when it gets to scatting i can i already have my number one person for for scatting so everything that i hear otherwise doesn't really compare <laughs> who is that mr shannon brown mr. he was shannon. he was shannon brown he was one of the tenors when i was on tour ah. um, microphone number 6 he uh <laughs> The brown man could scat. He would do it every night in the show, and it was just amazing. Oh, okay. He would just make up random things, and it was always so good. So, yeah, when it comes to scatting, nothing can really knock Mr. Brown off. So he's the all-time scatter. Nobody will ever be as good. Though, I have him. yet to hear someone that's that good. Yeah, I think and he was in his if, he was in like his early twenties at that point. If you like him that much, that is like for me. You, LeBron James can be as good as he wants; he will never be as good as Michael Jordan. So <laughs> that's kind of straight up fact. Um, it is. Track eleven was the work song. I wrote it feels like an old song, which turns out it is. And I wrote oh. down that it feels very angry. Which makes sense because it's like about working on a chain gang. So yeah, kind of not a happy place to be. And then the final the final track is God Bless the Child. And felt like a good closer. We've had that a lot lately where the closing song feels like it should be the last song so it's kind of good album structure it feels like it's being sung in a church i find so again gospel feeling and i thought it was kind of cool to uh end the close out the album with him just singing by himself with no band mm. just a cappella. let everyone hear your voice and that's it done yeah, once again to to show the the main part, him and his voice. Yeah. What did you Very think nice. about on your on your first listen? I have some overall thoughts, but we'll I'll go over those yeah. once you kind of talk about what you thought. So for me, it was really the very very first listen, and my very first reaction was, "Thank you, Trevor." This is a really nice sound. It's, it's a good, good album. Choice. Good album for the winter, I think. Good album. This is the winter for, album for you? For me, yeah. Kind yeah. Of. First time I heard it was fall, so. So, you know, it was dark outside, very cozy inside, uh, very relaxed. And I don't know, I, I really like. Still the, the warm sound. Mm -hmm. So I immediately thought, oh, great. 
tomorrow I have uh, friends at my home, Kaiola and, and Abby. Uh, and uh, we had some nice dinner. And I thought, that's a, something nice to, to, to listen to, for example. Uh, that was the, the first thing that, that uh, popped up to my mind. And then I liked the, the writing, uh, as we a little bit talked uh, in your first listening section about it, like the, the poetic way how he, he is basically not only painting a picture with his song, but also describing painting a picture and how he's asking about which, which colors to use. The section of, uh, of the song is something that, that really, it was really like I was standing in the museum and, and, and watching from afar that the artist is still working on, on, on the picture, which makes sense because I said it so vividly, but it, that was like really a calming picture in my mind that I had. So I, I really enjoyed that. that you know song. what that song is actually about? No, it's actually he uh, I, I read an interview with him where he talked about that one specifically, where he said it was like when he was younger, he's a big guy. And he would be walking down the street, walk down an alley and end up behind someone. And he's like, I'm a large black man walking behind someone. They're going to be terrified. Yes. Any guy walking behind that's that big, I would be kind of freaked out regardless of what they look like. Dark Alley. And so he said he would start singing like show tunes to kind mm -hmm. of make it so that, okay, this guy's singing this song. Nothing's going to happen to me. And so he, it's kind of about preconceived notions of wow. that you set on people. You've painted a picture of them in your mind already before actually getting to know them. That is even cool. and he wants to paint his own life in his way that he wants to paint it and the asking for permission which colors can i use is kind of like is it okay if i'm this way can yeah. i be this way and exactly this section is something that i i could feel by listening the most when he's asking about the the colors yeah, that's a good one i like that and I like the saxophone part. He's a, a lot. very good saxophone player. A lot. And it continues. Like, as you said, then we're going to the song Be Good. When it starts, actually, the first thing that popped into my mind, I have to think about the artist Björk. Yeah, she she had a song uh, with the name. It's called "Also oh Quiet," and the melody, how it starts. I had to think about uh, the song. Is it you a similar? So it's a similar melody. I well, you as a professional would say that's not the same melody, but but it kind of way for me it is. Like, I'll have to listen to it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything by her. So she has weird, depressing music, doesn't she, Beric? Yeah, of course. I like her. So she has <laughs> depressing music. But this album I like, and it, I don't think it's depressing. So, and I was really intrigued also about the lyrics and what he's really singing about mm -hmm. in that song. So I don't, I just listened to it and said, okay, I have to go deep into that. 
and later I found out uh, because of an interview. But at this song, it was like I was the most intrigued. What stands behind it? And again, I like I also like the sound, uh, how they work together. It's really like like a great NBA contender that knows who they are, right? They're like a little bit like the Raptors. You know, they just know they anyway good. And if you give us a superstar like a Gregory Porter, who's maybe one of the best in singing, you know, like you give them Kawhi Leonard, like a perfect scorer, they always will be contender because they just know who they are and they have seen a lot and they're resilient. That is like him and his band. So you're basically saying Gregory Porter is the is the Kawhi Leonard of jazz singers. Right now, I think, well, that's good. I'm not so much into jazz, but it seems like in the last 10 years, he's the biggest star of jazz, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think so, too. And, but he doesn't seem like a guy that wants to be everywhere in, in I don't know, in the spotlight. But also fits to mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard. He knows all the basics. All, all he knows seems like all the techniques with his voice. And uh, yeah, it, it fits quite well to to Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I like that. I like that picture. So. It's a little bit interesting how you said that you don't like then from the first listening on my way to Harlem because I was not sure if I liked it or not at my first listening. Really? Yeah. I was also like firstly intrigued about because about the music history he sings about, as you said, Duke Ellington. Yeah. He names Marvin Gaye and in harlem and and the history that was also something that intrigued me but from the sound i was i wasn't sure so and a little bit it's not so so far away but it's just i had to think about the tv show luke cage because it also plays <laughs> I immediately thought it's maybe kind of the about the the fight of this heart and soul of harlem which yeah. is Luke Cage also about. Yeah. yeah. So basically, it's about Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big fan of superheroes. Yeah. By the way, Luke, they, they, they could make more out of that Luke Cage TV show, I think. Yeah. It had more potential. Yeah. Um, and then we go into really good hands. Uh, we just talked about it. It's a very nice story. It's nice storytelling. I like how he starts with the introduction. It's not like really singing. He's like almost. It's like spoken word kind of spoken word. And then when he makes spoken word and then starts saying his voice is even more powerful. Uh, that that is something I like, and I like he managed to make that lyrics sound just honest and nice and not cheesy. True, like, yeah, that's a and that is very good point. Uh, that is a thin line, I think, 
and that made me like the song a lot. And as I said, I, I had to think about you. First thought was like, if I want to ask you, if, if you ask, you hear this farther. That, His songs are very, very honest, I find. Yes. Nothing about them seem like fake. No. But the whole guy, that nothing about nothing about seems, him seems fake. Seems like it would be just a waste of time for him. So, one one quick side note: since we're talking about the uh, um spoken word part, did you have his voice going through your head every time you read something afterwards, where it was like an interview with him? I could hear him talking, like his in, his inflection Absolutely. on everything, and it's I, a very I, distinct speaking voice. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. And I don't saw an interview with him. I I only read some some answers, right? Yeah. But it seems like a guy when he's sitting in the room and he's talking, everybody listens. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. He's he would be good for voiceover work too. You oh, know, yeah. like Morgan Freeman kind of thing. Yeah. The next March of the Penguins with Gregory Porter doing the Absolutely. And then at the first listening, something started with the way you want to live that I kind of forget to listen really carefully about that album. So like I'm here to listen and, and see my reaction, but in a kind of good way. It was like just, you just like, get lost in it a bit. I, yeah, I get lost into it. And I don't and now for up till to mother's song, I don't really have any notes because I was just listening to it. It was just like sitting there and and and, and enjoyed myself. And I was like That's a good oh, wait, sign. I I, oh, I forgot to make make some notes. It just I was just really enjoying this. It was really nice. And at the mother song, it was like, again, like I, I, I did not know anything about him, but it seems like, ah, there's this is something special, like what, what he sings about his mother. So, I don't know. Yeah. Then again, uh, I just like was like, this was curious. Okay, what's that about? So, and then again, I get back into the groove. Up to bling bling, as you mentioned, then again, it was like, what's that? Not that I didn't like it, but I, I, I still don't know what, what to make out of it. I don't like it. I've listened to it many times. I sometimes make a playlist of the album and just leave it off. Okay. Uh, I will not, because no. I have to listen to it uh, a couple of times more. But then, as you mentioned, a more angrier song, work song, I liked a lot. And I like it also how it speeds up at like the one minute mark. So work was, uh, we like the energy of it. Really good song. It's it a very good song. And again, I like, like nice saxophone solo. All the saxophone and trumpet stuff. You, you said you like the, the bass guy from the instruments, saxophone and, 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 and trumpets all the time. They started playing. I said, "Oh, nice, very good. yeah, 
really, really, really like them. Um, and for the last song, it was just, as you said, oh, that's that's a nice ending. And I was like, well, thanks, Trevor. That was a good call. And so that was my first listening. Song. Um, do you have any overall views on the actual album? Like overall thoughts? After listening to the whole album? Like at the end of listening to when when God Bless the Child and finished, was there mm -hmm. anything that you thought, hmm, I wonder? Not really wonder. I was just feeling kind of... Um, blessed is maybe too much, but I really like it. Was like it was great hanging around with him, kind of, and listening to him. It was like the all over atmosphere, as you mentioned, the, the honesty. Uh, really, uh, it feels honest, not only honest in his word and his storytelling, but honest as about like a musician and. It's nice to to listen to it at home. I can really see myself, I don't know, in a, in a small club, um, listening to it or at a concert. Of course, we you making the great sound and something um, I can listen to when when friends are around. So a very good hang. That was the all over, all over part. And. Like a little bit more, as I said, curious about a couple of songs and lyrics. So, what do you add? I had uh, as like an overall thought, just kind of as an album of an album concept. Is I was wondering if it's if the whole album is about like a lifestyle change for Gregory. Hmm. Like if he's, I, I like this was before reading anything about any of the songs. I was just just wondering if it's especially with Be Good being the title track, it sounds kind of like a song where it's about trying to be different, to be accepted by someone, almost. Like that she puts, that he's in a cage, and that's not exact, that's, that's what I thought of on my first listen after hearing an interview where he explains it. Mm -hmm. That's not actually what it's really about. It's more kind of, the complete opposite of that someone wanting to change him so and putting him him in a cage but i also wondered what did he do before he started singing professionally because like before he started making albums because this is his second album and he was i think 38 when he brought the first one out and so he was like probably 40 when he brought this out that's a very late start to the career in the music uh, doll yeah for music it is but don't call him old because he's like as old as we are now yeah i know but I, <laughs> I, can you imagine us starting a music career all of a sudden i can imagine you starting music career but not myself so <laughs> no but you're right playing the instrument you're right I would have to learn how to play guitar during COVID and then watch out world. Now, as you're not now so much into pop music, you have to start like dancing and 
I do that. Interpretive dance. <laughs> um, I still thought it sounded a bit like an album of reflection. Like just looking back at things almost. And the rest is just stuff that I talked about already. I also wrote down that the uh, track list almost feels like a concert set. Oh, yeah. That also... They could... I, yeah. I also had in my mind, is that just, just you know, a live session that they recorded? That's, that's what I wrote down, is that it feels like it's a live session that they just they yes. went to a some point to their jazz club that they always played in, set up some microphones and started playing. Yeah. That's the feel of the well. record. It feels just like a complete set. Where that doesn't happen with that many albums. Yeah. Really professional. I wish I still had the set list from 2012. I could tell you if that's if that was the set. Um no, but that was that was kind of it for me for my first listen. Very nice. So what do you find out in the deep dive? Bit of history about Mr. Porter. Not born in Harlem. He was actually born in Sacramento, California and raised in Bakersfield, California. Born in 1971. And he was in a massive, massive family. Eight kids. He was kid number seven. And his mom basically raised them by herself. His dad left, like you mentioned when we talked about on the way to Harlem, that he was raised by his mother and jazz music, which is quite literally what happened. He would sit down and listen to Nat King Cole records. And he says Nat King Cole is like a father figure for him, or was. Where he could just imagine himself having Nat King Cole as his dad. It was cool that he then later made an album called Nat King Cole and I, and me, and released it. Where he does Nat King Cole covers. So if you now start your music career, you can... Call one album, then Taylor Swift and, and me. And me. And you yeah. could make one and call it Block Party and me. Maybe. Yeah. Or you could start the great your singer rap Kelly. career. <laughs> call it. With Nas all my great workplace, as you know from the opening. Or we can do some, uh, you could do an R&B album, Frank and Me. Frank and Me, yeah. Or Frank and B. Oh, Frank and, uh, Frank and B. There it is. And then everyone would buy it thinking it was Beyonce. It's just you. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that's a good millions of sales until everyone realizes it's not Beyonce. Like, who is this guy? And why is he just saying really bad puns the whole time? <laughs> Spoken word of. Um, he, uh, his mom actually passed away. When he was only 21. So he was pretty young when his mom passed away. And on her deathbed, she told him to sing. She said, forget what you're doing. Sing. It's the best thing you can do. Don't worry about being poor. Just follow your passion. 
And then the next year after his mom had passed away, he couldn't sing at all because he was grieving so much. It's tough losing a parent when you don't have yeah. a second one around and you lose your only parent when you're 21. Absolutely. Then he but you to... never you you will never know what what would happen if she would not say these last advices. He might still be a city planner then. Yeah, because that's what he was doing before that. Absolutely. And after his mom passed away, he ended up moving moving to New York City to the to Brooklyn, and there he worked as a chef in his brother's in his brother's um, restaurant and would do kind of nightclub stuff, sing and perform on the side. And it took me a while to figure out how he went from singing and performing at nightclubs to having a record deal. Turns out he went into musical theater. Yes, on the Broadway. On Broadway. First, not on Broadway. They got picked up and put on Broadway. So he ended up getting cast for a Broadway, for a musical called Ain't It Ain't Nothing But the Blues, and it's about the history of blues music. So that's pretty cool. And then he performed on Broadway for a while. I, I did not figure it out for how long. I couldn't find that either. I don't know. I couldn't find when he actually started and when it ended. I mean, it would have had to end around 2010 at the latest because he that's when he released his debut album. And so, yeah, so he has his debut album comes out in 2010. That was Water. That got nominated for a Grammy. Now Already with, with, a debut. With, de- with his debut album. For best jazz vocal album, which I mean, you come out, you're almost forty, and you bring out your very first album, and get nominated for a Grammy straight away. That's pretty. And darn the good. opposite of Nas, like was nineteen and your debut, sure, big on the map. The, that's the thing with the male voice, though. It technically gets better with age. Up to a certain point. Oh, okay. Agree, does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we sound so much better now than we did like uh, five yeah. years ago. That perfect makes time sense. to make a podcast. Yeah, that's why we waited. I mean, that is one hundred percent why we waited. We could have done it when we first met, but thought no. Let's wait until we have nothing else to do. Well, and by the way, be. the first time we both partied hard, I was the one that danced at crazy as hell to Taylor Swift. So I have to admit. At the wedding. Yeah, at the wedding. Not mine. No. Other people's. So Gregory Porter. Yeah, that, that was kind of the history of him. He had Water come out in 2010. Got nominated for a Grammy on Be Good. His uh, Real Good Hands got no, no. 
What song got nominated for a Grammy there? Real Good Hands, yeah. Also got nominated for Best Traditional R&B Performance. So not jazz. So many categories there. So many categories. And I think it's now been every single album of his has been had something get nominated. One song or the whole album is has been nominated for Grammys every time around, which is a pretty impressive career. That is an artist you can say he's really critically acclaimed. Yes. Or at least Grammy acclaimed. So what I also um figured out that he moved for a while to San Diego and he had the potential to become a football pro. But he then yeah, got injured. He hurt himself, true. A little bit like Marvin Gaye. So So we've covered two former football players turned almost football players. Almost football players. Well, he played football in like college, but got injured in college. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and Marvin Gaye was too famous then to become a football player because they they was afraid to get injured. (laughs) Gregory's album, um, his third album, Liquid Spirit actually won him a Grammy for Best Jazz Vocal Album. It's crazy. This guy has brought in albums that are becoming massive, massive crossover hits. Meaning, like, you'll hear them on normal radio, not just jazz radio. Yeah. And he's also very famous in Europe. Huge in Europe. Like, I think, for example, mm-hmm. this album became a the top 10 album in the Netherlands. Yeah. In, in, in France and uh, in Belgium. Netherlands, also in Germany. That, that was when I first heard about him, that he was in German TV talk shows. He was featured on, you know, uh, Max Herre, a, a German, the German musician, on, on an unplugged show uh, and all that stuff. So I guess... A lot of thing that has to do because of your great engineered show. Um, uh, it's all Gregory. I had zero to do with it. On in general, because he became quite famous because of his live shows. Yeah, um, hugely famous because of his live shows. Yeah. And he had an uh, appearance on a very, very famous show late night on Jules Holland in Great Britain, where all the great musicians uh, come into. And after his performance there, uh, the next week, uh, his album turned number one in the iTunes charts just after this um, appearance. It's really, you hear the guy sing and it's just, it's just an amazing voice. Yeah, great artist. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard knows his profession. Gregory Porter, the Kawhi Leonard jazz. Unfortunately, there's not too, too much information that to be found about the making of the album. It probably is just what we had talked about earlier, that they basically yeah. just sat down together and played. Yeah, and it was recorded in Europe, also in 
Netherlands and Belgium, where he, I don't know if it was that because he also famous there or he became famous because he was there and also had appearances. I don't know. Um, I saw that it was recorded in New York. Which I thought, like, because of the sound, I just, well, but uh, the sources I found, it was written that it was recorded in Europe. Oh. I thought it was totally different. No, recording well, location, Systems 2, Brooklyn, New York. Oh, okay. Hmm. Maybe. from June 20th. It was recorded in two days. Well, June twentieth to June twenty second. Okay, that is then one hundred percent. They just played together until Abs- they cut her. Absolutely, right. that makes more sense. Then maybe I checked another album. So I have to, I have to double check. Yeah, that makes, uh, in all ways, way more sense. Yeah, but same for me. I also did not find anything else more about the album. But you know, when they record just in. In two hours. Um, that's about it. He does. Um, I, I saw some in interviews where they asked, where people ask, do you find your, or do you consider yourself a jazz musician or a soul musician? And Gregory is one hundred percent. He's a jazz man. Yeah. That also does not come as a surprise to me. Oh, one thing I found entertaining that I found was he actually would have loved to be a modern dancer. So a guy built like a linebacker as a modern dancer. That would have been very interesting. Oh, yeah. And he was just one of two artists in 2016 to have two simultaneous... UK top 20 studio albums. Liquid Liquid Spirit and Take Me to the Alley. So a jazz musician having two top 20 albums in one year in the UK. That's pretty Hmm. impressive. That is very impressive. Especially in the UK as I think the UK charts usually also not only have of course you know, when it's a shots, it's popular, but also the more higher quality in their charts as other countries, I think. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else from your research? I don't, I, I guess well, it, I, it wasn't too, I, too much. I only have a little bit research about some songs as mentioned uh, about the meanings and I had it about be good and had a a quote from an interview when somebody asked about the meaning if it has a special meaning and he said yes I remembered riding home on my bike from the breakup with the woman who I called be good and was feeling like I needed a consuling lullaby which is what be good is a grown man's lullaby i was still strong but in a way i was vulnerable as soon as i got home i started to write this song so he just 
right on formal breakup and just wrote it down. Yeah. So, and he has some, some more um, very telling quotes uh, about it. That he said, she admired me as you would a lion in the circus. And she marveled at me and she was always told me I was great, but she kept me in his friend cage. She admired my, my mane and my raw, but never enough so that she allowed me to roam around and be free and loved her like I wanted when I wanted to. Yeah. So that is very telling and that makes the song even more powerful. So yeah, that's totally. already like the the, the second listening part but uh, yeah that is uh, very telling how talented this guy also is just writing home from a breakup and just writing this song down so. one thing yeah. I found with the uh, further research was that actually imitation of life work song and God bless the child are all not by him they're all covers uh, good that you mentioned that was something uh, from the first listening that i had in my mind I, I was not sure if like maybe these are all covers maybe he wrote all of them yeah so um but like in in my first listen i had written down that imitation of life feels like an old soul song that is because it, it is, is an old, old song. song. And work song is, of course, an old song. No one nowadays would write about working on a chain gang. And God Bless the Child is actually an old Billie Holiday song. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. That I did not find out. Um, was there any other songs that you researched? Or that you read about? Yeah, on my way to Harlem. So it was the, also written that it's kind of also about the, the heart and soul of Harlem. The song is about gentrification there. And uh, the subsequences there on the... Yeah, that it because of gentrification, it's getting harder for, for artists to be there. And that he also starts performing like in, in clubs like St. Nick's Pop in Harlem that had to be closed and he's also telling about the, the roots of jazz music, club music and also of his roots because he's singing about that he was also raised by by music Um and that still, even when it's hard, they he thinks that he can he can never be really kept out from home. That there will always be some movement in in Harlem about that that music. Yeah, that was also something I found out. And as you mentioned, like. The the song the mother song is also more more powerful when you know when the you story were, that you, yeah. that you just uh, that you just mentioned that was the um the biggest part that I, that I find out about the songs was his mother seems to have just supported him 
And if he had a dream, she wanted him to follow it, which is, I think, what most parents should do. But I don't know that all do that. Well, especially not in an active way, I I would say. I'm saying go do it. Who cares if you don't make any money doing it? Just do it. Yeah, correct. Well, a lot of people, I'm pretty sure that all of them want their people happy, but they say maybe, yeah. Yeah, but still think about what the neighbors say. I, I don't know. So it's not like typical that just say, no, just follow what's important for you. Or especially have it. There's, I know, I know in the States, I think there's a big push for, well, you should have something to fall back on. Especially if I, I hear it, I've heard it in lots of interviews with musicians where then other musicians have said, if you have a plan B, you're not going to become a musician. Mm-hmm. people that make it in the music industry do not have a plan B. Like Frank Ocean, we just talked about, for example. Yeah, he moved to LA with like no money. thousand dollars or something. It's like gone in very fast. Yeah, but if you have a plan B, you're not going to take the risks necessary to to meet plan A. successfully at least or to the level that some people maybe could if they actually didn't have a plan b especially in, in arts i'm I'm speaking like basically just me the music industry in general yeah you if if you're not completely dedicated you're not going to make it yeah absolutely and Probably with sports too, though. Yeah, it's, that's 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 for sure. Especially us, for a lot of lot of people and players, that that is um, the only way out, right? Yeah, and just if you look at how you start at a young age, well, how much dedication it takes to become a pro, and how many people become or even dedicate themselves a ton but then don't make it yeah and this is something you you really really need especially in the in the very very super high level because they are all talented all of them yeah and then it's just about uh, the grit and the grind and that's the same as music there's so many talented musicians out there yeah it's just about hitting your spot. How badly you want it. And how badly you want it. I saw in one interview, Gregory said he could have released an album earlier. He, When he first moved to New York, he had been trying to sign with someone, but no one wanted to sign him. So then by the time he actually signed a deal, a record deal, and brought out his first album, you're looking at a guy that now had years of experience singing professionally in in musical theater or in theater. And there's the thing is sometimes it takes time. Theater would have been a stepping stone for him to actually make it. Yeah. And then you're becoming even more shaped or trained or ready for the audience and he gave up his plan b which was the city planning on the west coast 
True. Yeah. So, shall we move on to ratings? Yes. What did first you give? Oh, what did you want to say first of all? So, I don't know, but this is uh, one number immediately popped to my my head from first listening and after second and third. It's still there. It's for me. It's an it's a very good eight uh, as a number. It's I don't know. I would say it's an album almost impossible to not like. Yeah, it's. I don't know. You you sh you don't have to be a musician. I'm not a musician. I like music, but I can't say that I really know the, the techniques about it. But I cannot imagine somebody listening to that actually that's bad, like technical wise anyway. And then also that I don't know. I don't I don't like it at all. I don't know. It's and me personally, I think it's something that I can and will listening. A lot of times still and will always enjoy it when so that's actually one thing that i noticed when at, at the concert when he started singing it was people that i know do not listen to jazz and who usually don't like any of the music at that festival came out and were like this guy is amazing mm -hmm. it's crosses borders if it's good it's one of those if it's one of those guys where it's he's one of those guys where it's so good that people drop any preconceived notions of what that music is going to sound like that's a good point it's like there are some artists and uh, in in music and some in sport that's like transcendent yeah like um that they just see these person and actually say Wait a minute, what what's happening here? Like you know these I just mentioned one guy, Tiger Woods. Nobody like a lot of people are not into golf, but some when they yeah. see some video of Tiger Woods, it's like, what is going on there? Or like, you know, the tennis player Roger Federer. I know people they had nothing to do with tennis, but they they see him and say, Okay, I get it. That, that, that there's something something special here. What is this? So, and th that is a very, very nice description. But by the way, so we should, do you have a, some somebody in sports from some sport? Doesn't matter what where you that comes to my mind in this description. For me, yeah, of a sport that I don't like, or maybe you're not, not don't like, but not into it, or you you just once saw it on on TV and, and or somewhere else and said, well, okay, that's something special. I don't or watch maybe, that much sports. Or, or maybe you know a hockey player where you like you know when other people see him, they would be like, "Whoa!" Well, there's Connor McDavid, the number one player right now, or Austin Matthews, the number one Maple Leaf. The oh, guy man. can shoot when you think he has doesn't even have the puck beside him. Okay, it's insane. You see him shoot the puck, and you're like, "How did that? How did yeah. he do that?" I mean, stuff like this. 
other than that, I don't, I don't really watch sports. And, but there's just a couple of names, I would say, like, if you now ask, even interested in music, some random guys on the street in Germany, if they know any jazz musicians, the chance that they just know Gregory Porter or he is jazz for them, chances are not that low. Yeah. That I think would go into the influence he might actually have. Okay. Maybe not with this album, but in general mm -hmm. for Mr. Porter. I gave the album an eight as well. I think it's a great album. Other than Bling Bling, I think it's completely out of place and not necessary. And which one is your favorite song? Huh? Oh, I like so many of them. What did I decide on? I actually wrote down one. I I really like Mother's Song a lot. It's a it's a toss up for me with Mother's Song or On My Way to Harlem. Now, hmm. it, it's kind of like the Feist thing where I didn't really. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's a toss up between those two. Those that's, two. That's good, because On the Way to Harlem is also in my top two. After I was not sure if I liked it by the first listening. And what's your other one? The first one. Painted on canvas. Painted on canvas. Yeah. These two. And. Ah, eh, as a runner-up, also really good hands. These three other. Yeah, that. That would be number three for me. And I think number one is painted canvas on canvas on the way to Harlem, and then it is three good hands. So we have the same two and three. And um, for an influence, do you think, do you have anything that you thought of for influence? Well, I think on a popular basis, he maybe I'm wrong, but it put jazz a little bit more on, on the map. I was thinking the same thing. And maybe there is coming some more artists or that maybe are more inspired also to, to go all in in, in jazz. He's kind of the first one to come out of that kind of jazz, old, older kind of soul feel kind of stuff since, and, and so the first one to come out from that kind of musical area and become bigger since Michael Buble, I would say. Hmm. Yeah. Buble is more about a, a bit more of this kind of swingy jazz, but yes. it still falls kind of towards jazzy and Buble's more big band and yeah. Porter's more jazz club. Absolutely. Soulful. So Sinatra versus Nat King Cole. Basically. Cole. Um, but kind of the crooner kind of feel. And I think he's he's totally brought 
that music to the forefront again with his music and his voice is an amazing voice yeah i, I think it, it's a good point it's there something else that you think like aged aged the best no it's almost already two nah, eight years old but i assume nine years old this album i think the whole album's aged pretty well and will be still and will still be it's the kind of music yeah. that kind of it's almost time it's kind of timeless yes absolutely i think that is a definition of a timeless album everyone's gonna have song you can write a song about a mom your mother and if it's a good song everyone has a mom yeah and actually you can write all all songs that are so honest and about these topics are timeless. Yeah, you can tell that it comes from his like his heart. Everything that he writes about and sings yeah. about, even because there's songs like there's songs on the album that he didn't write that he's singing, and it's still you can feel his emotion coming through. So I have to correct that not not everything that is is, uh, is so honest is good. It's just like if it is combined with that artistic level his his quality then it always uh, will find listeners which Gregory does yep I think we can kind of end that now for Mr. Porter and be good yeah next up is what Beric Oh yeah, the next album. As I was so excited to have a new category about a main influence for the podcast, Chuck Klosterman, what would Chuck say? I had to pick an album that I know that he likes. So it's an album from the 70s. It's a rock album. Do you have a guess about the band? It's not a single person. No. So it's not like Springsteen or something? No. It's a band. Zeppelin? Yes. It's Led Zeppelin 4. I almost picked that. <laughs> you almost picked that too? I was, I was looking at Led Zeppelin albums a while ago to see if we should cover one. Now yeah, we're going no, to. We, now we're going to. Cool. I look forward to that. Yeah. I thought it was going to be some more depressing stuff. I was trying to think of the most depressing album from the 70s. <laughs> As I said, I wanted first to pick uh, a band that he has a whole chapter about in his uh, great book, uh, Killing Yourself to Live. Um, not that will come. A little bit later. I have my mic sitting on three Chuck Klosterman books right now, so I was trying to see if I have that one down there. I don't. Um, cool. I look forward to some, some Zeppelin. Yeah. And by the way, how are you going to turn Led Zeppelin into a pun? Oh, you're going to be spending a while thinking on that one. <laughs> ah. But Chuck has a, an, an whole large essay example for example about them about zeppelin 
Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Call it a night. Call it a night. Perfect. That's uh, that's the end of the show. Join us next time as we discuss Led Zeppelin 4. Thanks for listening to the Modern Year podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Follow us on Instagram at the Modern Year podcast for updates on the show. Until next time. Thanks to all your listeners. Stay healthy. Bye.